Are perfect tones necessary to communicate in Chinese, or can you ignore tones and still be understood? Or does the truth lie somewhere in between? Hello and welcome to the Hacking Chinese podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to continue our discussion of tones in Mandarin. And in the first part in this series, we talked about what tones are. And in this, then the second part, we're going to talk about the importance of tones. And then in the third and final part, we're going to talk about how to learn to hear and pronounce the tones. This series of episodes is linked to one article on hacking Chinese, where you can find all my advice about learning tones in Mandarin. The Hacking Chinese Guide to Mandarin Tones is rather long, but there is also an index, so you can click your way to the section you're most interested in. But since it is harder to navigate a podcast episode, I decided to split the guide into three separate parts, and this is then part two. I have two goals with this episode, depending on who you are as a listener. If you are a student and you maybe don't feel that tones are very important, then I will try to explain how important tones are in a way that makes sense. It's not uncommon among students to think that tones are not that important, and so my goal here then is also to convince you that they are important and that you should focus on them from the start. The other goal with this episode is to talk about tones and share my experience discussing tones with students and convincing them that tones are indeed important. So, if you are a teacher or maybe an advanced student who want to have a better way of discussing tones and convincing other learners that they are important, stay tuned. Depending on who you are as a listener, it might sound strange to you that there are people who doubt that tones are important or who think that they can be ignored. This is in fact rather common and not stupid. People who say so do so for a reason, and I will explain why, at least why most people say this in this episode as well. So let's start by saying how important tones are in Mandarin compared to other parts of pronunciation, and then it seems like tones are roughly as important as vowels. Now I don't know how you react when I say that. Do you think vowels are important? Do you need perfect vowels to communicate in English, for example, or can you get away with making lots of mistakes? But I do think it's useful to discuss tones in comparison with something else that you do have an intuitive grasp of. And all languages have vowels, so this is a good comparison. If you consider the matter for a bit, I think you'd agree that it's perfectly possible to communicate well in English while still making some mistakes with vowels. But I think few people would say that learning vowels in English is not necessary or that you can ignore them. So that's the first insight here: that tones in Mandarin are not optional. Now, if your native language is not tonal, which is true for Indo-European languages in general, including English, then it's natural to doubt the importance of tones, or at least not feel that the tones are important. Even if you can, of course, understand me when I say that they are important, and you can accept that fact, but feeling it in your gut is not something that comes automatically, and this is especially true if you don't hear the tones yourself. Here we can also make a quick comparison with Chinese people learning English, and many of them struggle with long and short vowels. So if we have a word pair like live and leave, these are clearly two distinct, different words in English. But many Chinese speakers pronounce these the same and also find it difficult to hear the difference between them. 
Now, you can imagine how you would react if a Chinese student of English said that these vowels are not very important, I mean they sound the same after all, and people seem to understand me most of the time, you'd probably want to tell them that vowels in English actually are quite important, and this is what I'm telling you now. Tones in Chinese are important, and if you neglect them, you will regret it later. I have studied, taught, and researched Mandarin for well over 15 years now, and if you're willing to take my word for it, just accept that tones are important, even if you cannot feel it or hear it. You don't have to take my word for it either, I have so far never spoken to an advanced student of Chinese who thinks that tones are not important. This goes for teachers and researchers as well, and the only people who seem to doubt the importance of tones are beginners themselves, and this should of course give you some pause for thought. Moving beyond personal experience, I haven't read any research that claims that tones are not important either. There is a lot of research about how tones, or the absence of tones, influence communication in tonal languages however. Generally speaking, it's possible to understand spoken Mandarin even when the speaker makes mistakes with tones, or even when tones are removed entirely. This is not surprising however, and the same thing can be said about vowels, but nobody would take this to mean that a learner of English can ignore vowels. That would be ludicrous, and ignoring tones in Mandarin is bad for the same reason. The reason people can understand spoken Mandarin without perfect tones, or indeed sometimes even without tones, is that when processing language we are using all available information and rely heavily on context. It is possible to understand spoken English even if all vowel sounds are replaced by one vowel sound, and I will give an example of that in a bit. And if we look to the world's written languages, there are indeed many languages where vowels are not written out, and it's perfectly possible to read these languages anyway. So one of the reasons that students sometimes doubt the importance of tones is that in the situations where they use Mandarin, accuracy in itself is maybe not necessary, because there is enough information for the listener to be able to understand anyway. So let's dig a little bit deeper into why I think that some students don't feel the importance of tones. And the first reason is what I said, that context plays a bigger role in listening comprehension than most people think. You can be understood in any language while making mistakes with pronunciation, as long as the listener can use context to figure out what you mean. Beginners then incorrectly conclude that just because the other person understood what I said, that must mean either that my tones are good, or that if my tones are bad, that tones are then not important. However, it's possible to communicate in many situations without even using spoken language. Even if I'm in China, I can use Swedish to buy certain things, I just point at them and people will understand what I mean. But this has nothing to do with whether or not tones are important. For more about the role of context when listening, and this is true when you are listening to Chinese as well, you can check out the podcast episode in part 3 of my Beyond Timbodong series, and I'll put links to these in the show notes. And of course you can also go to the written article on Hacking Chinese for slightly more navigable content. The second reason some students conclude that tones are not important is because their teachers are extremely good at understanding Chinese spoken by beginners. And this in effect means that even if you have terrible tones, your Chinese teacher will still understand what you want to say, and this gives you a sense of false security. You think that you can communicate like you do with your teacher with random native speaker and they would understand you as well as your teacher does. Which is not true, and this will give you a shock once you leave the classroom. 
This is extremely common and again not related to tones specifically, but if you think about it, your teacher knows the words you know, the grammar you know, and this is especially true if you've had this teacher since you started learning Chinese. So they are not actually trying to understand what you say, they're just trying to understand which of the few things that you can say given the words that you have, you are trying to say. And that is much easier than trying to understand a stranger talking about something you have no clue about. And also, strangers don't know which words you know in Chinese, and so the task for them is much harder. This also means that the more complex and less predictable the things you're going to say are, the higher the requirements on accuracy in general, and this does then of course include tones. And I will return to that topic a little bit later. The third reason that some students underestimate the importance of tones is because they can't hear them themselves, and this is something I already talked about. But of course, if you don't hear the difference between two words, it's difficult to appreciate how important that difference is. I already brought up the example with the Chinese person learning English and thinking it's difficult to differentiate between leave and live, and this then can give rise to a false sense that these differences are not important because you don't hear them. Whereas of course anybody who has spoken with Chinese people a lot in English will know that this type of mistake will trip up communication quite often. We will return to the topic of how to learn to hear tones as an adult in the next installment of this series, but let's talk a little bit about what I said about complexity and predictability first. In general, the importance of tones is inversely proportional to the predictability of what you say. So in other words, if the listener, such as your teacher or a close friend, can predict what you're going to say before you say it, or they have an easy time guessing what you're going to say halfway through, then tones are not terribly important, or accuracy in general is not very important. But as you start saying things that people can't predict, or you're starting to say things that maybe are even hard to understand, then tones and accuracy in general become much more important. So there are many reasons why what you say in Mandarin might be difficult to understand or complex. It could be because the contents are complex. So for example, if you're lecturing in quantum physics and you have wrong tones, it's going to be very hard to understand what you say, unless the audience is of course well versed in quantum physics, then they can probably guess what you mean even though your pronunciation is off. But if you're introducing a complex topic to someone who does not know about it, then accuracy becomes much more important. And naturally, this does not have to be quantum physics, that was just an example. It could just be that you're trying to explain something that the Chinese person who listens to you does not understand or has no experience of, and then they have a hard time predicting what you're going to say, they need to actively listen and understand, and mistakes you make then will make this harder. And it doesn't really matter if it's mistakes with tones, with grammar, with initials, finals, or vocabulary choice or something else. Any kind of mistake you make will make it harder to understand. Another reason it might be hard to understand what you say is because you don't only make tone mistakes, you make mistakes with lots of other things as well, including all the things I just mentioned with grammar, words, and so on. People you speak to will usually be able to guess what you mean based on context, based on what they do understand and so on, and you don't need to have perfect tones for this. As mentioned earlier, you can say things in English and still be understood even if you only use a single vowel, and so this might be a little bit what it feels like listening to Mandarin without tones. If you were to speak English with ye using only the vowel e, you would still understand what you meant. This is of course harder to understand than if I use the correct vowels, but it would still be understandable. 
As kids, we played around with this in Swedish, and we call it språket, so the I language, and it's perfectly possible to have ordinary conversations using only one vowel. I do think that non-native speakers of the language will find it very hard to understand though, and if we start discussing very complicated things that are themselves not easy to understand or predict, then it won't work. So, say, having a lecture in quantum physics using only the I language probably would be very difficult to understand. So this works because listening is not just about extracting information from what we hear. It's also about applying a ton of prior information, forming hypotheses, testing them against what you hear, and then trying to figure out what the person is trying to say. So let's listen to that sentence in the I language, in English, again. If I were to speak English with ye using only the vivil I, I would still understand with the mint. The reason I think most of you can understand this sentence is because you can rely on prior knowledge. For example, you know many words in English, and even if vivil is not one of them, you can figure out that this means vowel because there is no other word that fits into this gap. You can also use your knowledge of English grammar to know that wit is supposed to be what because the latter makes sense in that position and the former certainly does not. Now, you might only have heard one sentence in the I language, but imagine now that you hear people speak the I language all the time in class because you're a teacher and they don't know tones. Then you will get really good at understanding this type of spoken English and you will have no trouble understanding when students talk about their weekends or why they are learning Chinese. But this does not mean that everybody out in society are good at understanding the I language, and even if they will be able to understand some things, especially given context then, like I said, when you can point to something and they know what you mean before you say it, you don't even need to use spoken language, they will understand anyway. For more about this, check out episode 45, which was entirely about the predictability of your utterances when speaking Chinese and how that influences accuracy. The example I brought up there is that if you stand outside your hotel with all your luggage and you hail a cab and then you say something something. People will usually just assume that you want to go to the airport, maybe you want to go to the train station, but in China probably the airport. So if you only use Chinese in these types of situation, you will assume that tones are not that important, because it seems people can understand you anyway. If we take a counterexample, which is almost the same, so you still hail a cab, you do it outside your hotel and so on, but now you're going to visit a friend who lives in some random street somewhere in the city. And it's not a famous one, there is no touristy landmark there or anything like that. If you get the tones of the street wrong, it is extremely likely that the driver will have no clue what you say, and you will end up having to write down the characters or show them on a map. So to summarize briefly, the reason you want to improve your tones is not that you can never be understood if you make the slightest mistake, it is that it becomes easier to understand what you say the fewer mistakes you make, and in many cases you tend to underestimate how important tones are because you haven't been exposed to many situations where accuracy in general matters. The more you learn, however, the more you will run into these situations, and I, along with many other advanced learners, can testify that sometimes when you speak Chinese, at a fairly advanced level you are not making mistakes normally, but still just saying one word with a wrong tone in the middle of an otherwise perfect sentence can sometimes throw native speakers off. And it's a little bit as if the tolerance for errors goes down the more Chinese you know, and this is not really the case, I think. I think it's more likely that it's about complexity, that you're trying to discuss something that isn't at all obvious, and then if you make a mistake on a keyword, people are going to misunderstand what you say. 
Finally, before we round this episode off, it is worth pointing out that for some words and specific cases, tones are extremely important and you will be misunderstood if you use the wrong tone. Normally what happens is that if you say the wrong tones, it just doesn't mean anything, or it means something that is so unrelated that it's unlikely that somebody actually will misunderstand you. And my favorite example of this is xiong mao, which means chest hair, versus xiong mao, which means panda. And if you confuse these two, it's unlikely that people will actually think of chest hair when you say panda. It is a funny example, but it is very unlikely that when you talk about your visit to the zoo and the animals that you saw there, and you thought that pandas were very cute, that somebody will actually think you meant chest hair because you used the wrong tones. There are, however, some words where getting the tone right is extremely important because there are other words that are related or fit into the same types of sentences, and this can really confuse people if you get them wrong. This is something we talked about in episode 118, but I'll bring up five examples here. The first one is my versus my. So one means buy and the other sell. And say if you're talking about buying or selling an apartment, it can be extremely confusing if you mix these up. The second example is nali versus nali, and the first one means where, and the other one means there. And mixing these up in specific sentences can certainly make native speakers scratch their heads. The third example is cho versus cho, and cho means smelly and cho means ugly, but if you use the wrong one people might not notice, and then of course you will have given them the wrong impression of what you thought of someone or something like that. The fourth example is beidze versus beidze. So beidze means cup and beidze means quilt. Both these are household things that you might want to have or get, and so saying the wrong one will be confusing. The fifth and final example is hua versus hua. So hua means painting and hua means flower, and these are also things you have at home, and if you want to buy them or move them or do something with them, using the right tone is important. Okay, that was a very long-winded way of saying that tones are really important. You should learn them from the very beginning. And if you have been neglecting them up to now, if you're not a beginner, start learning them now. The best time to do it was probably when you first started, but the second best time to do it is now. This is not meant to scare you, and as I have said, perfect tones is certainly not necessary to be able to communicate in Mandarin, but the clearer your tones are and your pronunciation in general, the easier people will think you are to understand, and the more likely they are to want to talk to you as well. If you want to read a lot more about the tones, check out the tone guide on Hacking Chinese. And if you want a full video course where I teach pronunciation in general, including tones then, check out Hacking Chinese Pronunciation, Speaking with Confidence, at pronunciation.hackingchinese.com. And like I said, the course will open later in February. But if the course is closed when you get there, if you listen in the future, you can still sign up for the waiting list and I will notify you when the course opens again. So in the third and final part of this series of episodes, we will talk about how to learn to both pronounce and to hear tones. So stay tuned for that, and good luck with your pronunciation practice. Thank you for tuning in to the Hacking Chinese podcast. If you like this episode, please share it. More information and inspiration about learning and teaching Chinese can be found at hackingchinese.com. See you in the next episode, and until then, good luck with your studies!